0: Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue Podcast. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church. We're so glad to have you listening with us. This is a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. Today, I have a couple of our favorite voices back with us from Season 4.
1: Guess who?
0: (laughs) Becca and Brian. The Engaged Man!
2: (laughs) Yeah, Brian, you want to share a little bit about life happenings? Absolutely. Life is indeed happening in 2020. (laughs) Uh, So, a couple weeks ago... I got engaged.
1: Yeah. It was the best thing ever. Yes, it was. He literally proposed at church, so I did. We got I to witness it.
0: It was girls yeah. were lot of fun.
1: swooning in the audience. <laughs>
0: We had a good old family gathering one Sunday night, and uh, I don't know how you did it, man. You got through all those yeah. worship songs. I was talking about budgeting items, and, <laughs> and like it the greatest thing well. about it was like most of the church had kind of like heard the 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 rumor had spread, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was worried about how to end it right, and. I just we ended the service and everybody just stood there staring straight ahead because they all knew it was <laughs> Rachel
1: coming. was like the only one left <laughs> yeah, on stage. Was the and only she one, looked up like the oh, only one who didn't know.
2: Boy. Yeah, that was okay. the biggest miracle that she did not find out. <laughs> I, yes. It was so
1: cool. It was yes. so good. Good job, seriously. Well, good thank job. you. I know it's actually kind of a pressure to do a proposal,
2: <laughs> especially in 2020. Like it the is. stakes have been raised They're so high. high. Yeah, exactly. Because like a couple months ago, when I started hashing out this plan with David, he was like, <laughs> "He's like, dude, you're not, you're not going to want to lead worship on that day. You're, <laughs> you're, that's all you're going to be able to think about was the proposal." And I was like, "Nah, nah man, I got this." <laughs> and boy. <laughs> Oh, boy. Was he right? Was David right <laughs> <laughs> in every sense of the word?
1: Yeah, the yep. ring is burning a hole in your pocket. Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it was great. Though. We're
0: so happy for you guys. It's going to be an amazing. Yes, wedding. Speaking of fear.
1: Yeah, really. There you go. Right.
0: Right. That's what we're talking about. Thank great professional segue. Segway. We're talking about fear today. We take a different topic every week and we look at what the Bible says about it. We try to come at it from different angles, with different postures. And this is really an important topic to talk about because so many people are dealing with fear on a daily basis. Like sure. everyone has something in their life that has the potential to cause fear. Mm-hmm. And I want to just hear from y'all. I want to hear from what God's Word says, and I think this is going to be a helpful, helpful day. Absolutely. Recently, I have stumbled upon a really interesting YouTube channel, and it's called Just Right, And this guy, he's really brilliant. He will basically analyze a movie and he'll talk about like what the writers could have done differently to make the movie better or he'll take even a movie that people Whoa. are critical of I need and he watch
1: the yeah, it's yeah, cool. He
0: just analyzes the plot and he he talks about character development. It's that's really awesome. good stuff. And this movie, the one that caught my eye, was what? writers should learn from Batman Begins.
1: And I know I'm talking about
0: a 15-year-old movie right now.
1: This is one of the best trilogies there has ever been,
0: I was blown away when I first saw that. I still remember when I first saw that movie. I didn't even know who Christopher Nolan was at the time, but I was just like, whoa, that movie was incredible. Like, it's so well-written. And he talked about a lot of things. I'm just going to, like give you a brief overview. If you wanna go back and watch this twelve minute video, you can find it. It's it's just right and it's a really it's the channel and it's a really cool video. But he talks about a good story, like a really good story, isn't gonna necessarily just be a story of good versus evil. That can be great, but that can only take you so far. If you have four corners of opposition, so let's say you have four characters who all believe in something different and they all have conflict with each other, you are gonna have a very Impressive story. You pretty much can't like more miss. More depth the story. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story will almost write itself. And um, in Batman Begins, I'll just I'll just give you a super quick overview. Many of you probably haven't seen the movie, but the main villain is Scarecrow. He's played by Cillian Murphy, and he's in conflict with another villain called Falcone, who's like the Gotham City crime boss, and he owned the police force. They were both in conflict with each other, and then you had Ra's al Ghul who was the leader of the League of Shadows, which is the guy who trained Batman. And of course, Batman was the fourth person in that corner of of conflict. And whenever characters with different values clash, we can't help but interpret this as part of the theme. And it's called a moral argument. And the main theme of this movie surprise, surprise, is actually fear. So (laughs) the topic that we're on today, each of those four characters all used fear, but they all used it against different targets. Bruce Rain and Ra's al Ghul, they use fear in an altruistic way. And then Scarecrow and Falcone use it in a selfish way. But they also have specific end games that are very different from each other. Falcone uses crime to make money and to stay powerful. That's how he imposes his fear. Scarecrow uses fear to mess with the minds of the criminals for his own disturbed enjoyment, basically. And then Ra's al Ghul uses fear to terrorize Gotham. And even though that sounds like a wrong thing to do, it's supposedly for some greater moral good in the end. So he's basically using fear as this kind of force to preserve order. You know, they they ransacked Rome, as the story goes, and now they're going to do the same thing to Gotham. So if you yeah, saw the movie yeah, you're yeah. tracking with me here, hopefully I'm explaining this. Now
1: you're going to want to go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, but all of these are, are coming at different angles, and it leaves Batman's stand on fear totally different. Um, his fear is it should be used against criminals, but only as a way to prevent future crime. And there's a lot more, like I said, in this video. It's it's masterfully breaking down all the elements of storytelling and how Nolan uses those four four different acts to build that narrative. But I'm going to break away from the movie for a second here <laughs> and talk about fear a little bit more because I think fear is usually motivated by one of those four core passions. And this is where I'm just taking this to, I want to take this to like more of a doxological mindset, right? Either you use fear to keep other people in line, you
1: Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Think about that, Mm -hmm. even in
0: our own lives. I mean, the League of Shadows did this when they were trying to impose their will upon people, but a lot of times people run their life with that kind of fear as well. Mm-hmm. Or you could use fear to disturb and mess with other people, just like Cillian Murphy's character. Or you Which use, is
1: your doppelganger, right, by the way? Yeah. I just, you can't that, unsee it. Yeah, You gotta look up a picture, guys. It has
0: been said before. I don't really I, I totally see it. see it.
1: I see something about the mouth. Anyway, sorry. Yeah,
0: the jawline or something, whatever. But you also can use fear for your own personal advancement like Falcone. Um, and, and people do that all the time but to use fear in a way that punishes evil to advance peace is actually the biblical way that we see fear portrayed mm-hmm. like i mean that would be more in line with the character of god so biblically speaking in the christian life if you are motivated by fear and you do the right thing so to speak just so you can be fine with god and maybe you are you're just living off of this fear of impressing other people, doing just the right afraid things. Afraid of getting
1: in trouble. Or yeah, anything. like,
0: yeah. oh, there's this higher power and God's going to be unhappy with me, so I just got to, mm-hmm. like, that kind mm-hmm. of motivation is going to allow you to eventually just run deeper and deeper and deeper into a feeling of being trapped.
1: And I think a lot of people are there. A lot of other religions are there. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's literally, I think, kind of a religion thing. Like, exactly,
0: it, it really yeah. is. And I mean, and it can cre- even creep into Christianity
1: mm-hmm. when
0: you aren't teaching the balance of grace mm-hmm. and mercy. Well,
1: motivation, yeah. 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 And you don't
0: have the love motivation, like mm-hmm. that's going to be a driving point. So yeah, you feel pressure to conform and the results is this, like you said, Becca, it's an oppressive, like religious sense of duty and obligation and there's no joy in that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. There, there's actually an inner sense of shame that starts building because you know deep down you aren't measuring up. And you mm-hmm. and you know even though you're trying to hide it from other people. And you
1: never will. And it's yeah. like so depressing, I think. Exactly. Get to that.
0: Exactly. Romans 8.15 says, for you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And we could really spend hours on Romans mm-hmm. 8, obviously, but mm-hmm. this, is, this is really hitting that same chord that we don't need to be in this slavery type of fear to perform, mm-hmm. but we need to realize we're adopted as sons and daughters. Like mm-hmm. God loves us. We're his child. And then 2 Timothy 1.7 is another verse, for God gave us the spirit, not of fear, but of mm-hmm. power and love and self-control. Mm-hmm. So those are, the, those are the character traits of God that we need to, that we need to pursue. And then another angle here, Colossians three says that we are not to live by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. So that's the other, you know, the other angle that you can see from those from those characters in the movie. But like people live in fear, maybe not from some I gotta perform and do right, but it's just as a matter of I don't want to disappoint people. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, oh, yeah. it's, and it's a people-pleasing kind of fear. It's huge. So living in fear of what other people think over what your Savior thinks is a classic pitfall. And everyone deals with that to a certain extent. Now, there is a lot of freedom in not just living to please people. And our world, actually, the, even the culture around us that doesn't know Christ taps into that same concept all the time. And they and do this. True. They do it in the form of just be yourself. And, just, yeah, like a self-focus. Yeah. yeah. Like, like don't Find like,
1: yourself.
0: Right. Be you. Whatever
1: feels good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that's close. It's getting closer to the truth. It's better than living in the fear of people-pleasing. But as a Christian, you must bake into the equation your new identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. So don't live to just make people happy. Sure, like you want, you don't want to like ruin your relationship with people, but obviously make your decisions based on your calling. Not just on what other people think. And of course, there's this scary kind of fear, the terrified form of fear that's just a creepy situational fear. And that's really a God given instinct for self preservation. We could go deeper into that, into that fact, you know, it's not the peace of God that is that lives off of those scary, disturbing kind of things.
1: Right, um, right. That's the, so true. Yeah, We've all heard preaching like that probably in our lives where it's like, here's 10 terrible stories of people that (sighs) disobeyed God and then died or like something terrible. You know, it it is like... The same thing
2: (laughs) happened to you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, as a teenager, you're like terrified. Oh,
0: no. Yeah. And I mean, you even have just the... You know, to take that angle of like, there is fear, like, people love horror movies and all those kind of things. Like, yeah. And that really goes into this disgusting displeasure, but it contradicts and opposes. You know, our character of God that mm-hmm. we're made in, and made in the image of God. And that's another topic for another day. But yeah, that's deep. <laughs> the way we should handle fear is a reverence for God. I know we're gonna talk more about this, right. but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And this is the healthy, holy appetite that desires to put God above everything else. Mm-hmm. So, fearing God means I respect and honor Him. Mm-hmm. more than I care about pleasing other people. And it's about making him known and and sharing him and the truth of who he is with other people. I care more about that than just making other people mm-hmm. think I'm funny.
1: And and too, it's like, I think sometimes we just hear the word fear and we think of it as the bad, you know, like, oh, fear, ah, oh, I'm scared. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like fear of God is really a lot of awe, a lot of reverence and wonder and worship for this amazing, huge, all-powerful God, you know?
0: You're like so in awe of who God is and you're so blown away with what he's done for you. You're not fearing that this person might reject you or you're not fearing um, Mm -hmm. what this unlovely person who's hard to get along with, they won't even appreciate it, right? Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't even bother you because all you care about is I got to tell them about my amazing God, who Mm -hmm. I am in awe of. And I don't have to be in the limelight. That's the fear of the Lord. And that motivates us and inspires us to love Mm -hmm. and to show grace and to to sacrifice for other people. And that's so much more beautiful and peaceful and joyful than living in the kind of man-made fear world that we see around us.
1: Absolutely. Because yeah, there's freedom there where you have an awe-reverence fear of God then you're free to not fear other things. And it's just, it's very different. It really is. I think we all know it if we have seen it and tasted it in our lives.
0: Exactly.
2: All right, so I'm just going to get straight to the point. Who in here has ever seen like a real live bear
1: before? <laughs> I have.
2: <laughs> Ooh, have. No, really?
1: Yes. Like when? in
2: the wild
1: or like, are you talking about an a- Um as a child at Cherokee in North Carolina. I do remember this. Do you remember oh. that? Yeah. There was this guy that used to like have a pet bear and, and oh. he was in the cage
2: with it. I think he was a Cherokee Indian. I think he was an Indian. It was it was pretty tame though.
1: But it was kind of tame. It so that tame. really doesn't count. I've well, seen st- my st- my, st- my st- in laws have seen bears like at their cabin in Colorado, like up close, like getting in their car and stuff. But yikes. that's not yikes! That's
2: crazy. Well, I've never in real life ever seen a bear. <laughs> <Good> but <laughs> when my family and I went up to Gatlinburg, Tennessee in October of last year great place. Yes, okay. yes. We came back home, and about two days later, we saw on the news that a little black bear had basically invaded a hotel near the place we were staying at on the main street. And we That's were just awesome. like, oh my gosh, we were literally just there. That's like,
1: crazy. It was the hotel you stayed at?
2: No, it was it was one that was like down the street, right like one that there. we literally passed by every day while we were walking that down, like all the shops and stuff. Like, wow. like how crazy would it have been if we had just <laughs> gone maybe a couple days later and suddenly mm-hmm. we could have... Possibly been (laughs) face-to-face with a full-grown, really hungry bear.
1: That is hilarious.
2: (laughs) I mean, you want to talk about a bad and scary situation. And (laughs) that, honestly, right there would have probably topped every single fearful experience that I've ever had in my life. So, uh,
1: Forget spiders. Yeah.
2: (laughs) 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 So what I did after that... um, On that day, when I saw the story on the news, I used the millennial generation's good friend, Mister Google. Oh, of course. (laughs) Or or, I mean, uh, sorry, or Mrs. Google, um, (laughs) or Miss Google, uh, (laughs) to look up what to do in the event of a bear attack. And uh, here's what I found. So please tell. Yeah. So for repelling an aggressive bear, first of all, you act aggressively. Oh, yeah. You, you look make yourself
1: at, big. Yes.
2: You look at the bear straight in the eyes and oh, right on. you let it know that you are going to fight if you're attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good thing to shout and make, yes, make yourself as big you as possible. You do the same
1: thing with mountain lions. Right. So just, it goes both ways. <laughs> yeah, it does.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then. Uh, Take you, your jacket off. Like, <laughs> just like you're, wave you're it around. Riding a bike, right.
1: Like lift it right. over right. your head. It's <laughs> just like,
2: ah! <laughs> Pretend like you're singing Braveheart. Waymaker. Braveheart. Yeah. Um, at the top.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yes, still the fear of God in the bear. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, so you stamp your feet and you take a step or two towards the bear. Um, you threaten the bear with whatever is handy, like a stick, a pole, or bear spray. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I
1: always have that on me. Right, exactly. (laughs) It (laughs) doesn't.
2: And the more the bear persists, the more aggressive your response should be. If the bear attacks, use your deterrent and fight for your life. Kick, punch, hit the bear with whatever weapon is available. Oh,
1: man.
0: This is what Davy Crockett did.
2: Yes. This is
1: kind of inspiring me right now. (laughs) Like, I kind of want to meet a bear, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And she's pregnant, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I'm a mama bear, so I'm... <laughs> that oh, gym. that makes sense. Yeah. That makes wow. sense then. Yeah. yeah. It's
2: all coming
0: See full circle. Yeah. why there's do cross her kids in the kids' church next <laughs>
2: right. week. Right.
1: <laughs> oh, no, you can. For real.
2: <laughs> anyway, so concentrate your attack on the face and... The eyes and the nose, uh, basically anywhere where the bear is vulnerable, and you mm-hmm. fight any bear that attacks you in your building or your tent. So I mean like yeah. what do you guys think about that? Do you think you could do that like for real if you were face to face with a bear that oh was like bird. staring you into your soul?
1: Right now I think I could. But <laughs> I don't
2: know how to do the moment. So, Yeah, that sounds easy. The but I don't it-
1: climb a tree.
2: Oh, that's what I've heard
1: too. Like, you don't climb a tree. I'm just getting this really straight. Okay. You never climb a tree. How have I heard that before?
0: I
2: mean no no it's possible. I mean cuz like
1: basically I think well,
0: if you do the if you're doing the tree climbing thing, you're basically uh, probably like retreating and showing a sign you? of weakness. Yeah,
2: yeah cuz bears can so that's
0: totally not climb a real trees. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their their claws. Watch us be wrong them. by some smart listener just telling us like <laughs> but we're going to go with
1: this don't podcast climb tree. is on survival skills. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> but it, it it's so it's amazing to think about the human body and how We psychologically react to fear like during a bear attack.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But there's a couple of people in the Bible that were thrown into some situations that were like really scary. Like even more so than a bear. Mm. I mean, to name a few, we've got Moses, we've got mm-hmm. Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego. I mean, yeah. just yeah. right there, we've got these people going up against armies, being brought into contact with living, breathing lions. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were mountain lions, but still lions. Mm-hmm. And and then we have these three uh these three, were they? Sorry, were they brothers? No, I don't no. think so. Okay, no. I didn't think so. Yeah, 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 I didn't think so. Yeah, me, Shack, Shadrach, and Abednego. My
1: Shack, your Shack, and a bungalow. <laughs> <laughs> Rack, Shack, and
2: Benny. <laughs> <laughs> just anyway, so these three, these three men are literally just staring fire in the face because they won't worship some false god. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're about to be thrown in. And I mean, y'all, that's just to name a few. Yeah. So typically, when we're afraid we want to run we want to get as far away from it as possible when we know we are in a situation that is dangerous we want to get as far away as possible so that we don't have to feel the fear anymore fear is uncomfortable it's pressurizing fear means that you don't have any control over the situation and that something can really hurt you Mm -hmm. i mean But really, I mean, sometimes running is the right thing to do. I mean, Joseph needed to run from Potiphar's wife because he knew if he stayed, Mm -hmm. something bad was going to happen. But let's go back to Moses for a second. We're all familiar with the story. Moses was raised in Egypt, although he was not an Egyptian, he was Hebrew. And Moses saw the oppression of his people in slavery and ended up killing an, Egypt, uh, an Egyptian. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Pharaoh wanted Moses dead. I mean, that bridge was burned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Moses had to flee for a time. And in that time, he found comfort. He found a job mm-hmm. as a shepherd. He found a wife, found this whole family. I mean, Moses had it made. He was settled. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day, God wrecked his whole world and told him, hey, I have heard the cries of the Israelites someone's got to go free them. And guess what? It's mm-hmm. going to be you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And folks, I, I really bet that Moses was scared. Like, oh. I, mean, I mean, really, he was. He was so scared. He made nearly every excuse in the book <laughs> and begged God to <laughs> send another person all the way to the point where God basically said, no, no, shut up. You're going. <laughs> I'm going to be with you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to have faith and you're going to have to fight. Freeing the Israelites, this is my, the Lord God's mission, and you're a part of it. Hmm. And I mean, notice, God wasn't sending Moses with an army. Mm -hmm. Moses didn't need an army. God didn't give Daniel any weapons to fend off the lions in the den. Daniel didn't need any weapons. I mean, God didn't even bring rain or dirt to stamp out the fiery furnace for Meshach, Shadrach, or Abednego. It, it wasn't necessary yes. because he was there with them. Yeah. None of them were harmed even as the flames were like 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 you know licking their whole bodies. I mean, it, because God's just that powerful. That's mm. awesome. But I mean, were they were they scared? Were they fearful of the danger that lied ahead? I mean, you shit they probably were. Yeah. Mm. I would be. I mean, I get scared when I file my taxes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone's but, human. <laughs> we're not superhuman. Right. Right. I
2: don't want to get audited. I right. don't want to get audited. Yes, <laughs>
1: so please.
2: But the point is, is that they still went. Moses still went back to Egypt. Daniel still went into the den. Uh, those three guys, they, they still were put into the mm-hmm. furnace because there was a mission. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Listeners. We really love using Philippians 4, 6 through 7 whenever we are in times of fear. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, no, it's so true that the peace of God is definitely available to you. And it does. It does transcend all understanding. But like we see in the Bible, running from fear or just using something to like alleviate it or get away from it like a Tylenol, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not a permanent solution. Eventually, we are going to have to face whatever we fear mm-hmm. and have faith that God is all we need. Amen. When, That's
1: a yeah. really good reminder. And that was that,
2: dude, that was
0: the sermon we had with in the Advent series with faith.
1: Was, yeah. Was on right. Moses
0: too. Yeah, right. yeah. He was a man of amazing faith.
1: Yeah, and just the obedience to take a step like that. You know, Abraham too, I mean, mm-hmm. That's why they're in the Faith Hall of Fame. You know, it's like they actually did obey even though they were scared. And we can too. We have the same God.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, God knows where our shortcomings are. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, God knew that, even though Moses told God something he already knew, like God knew that Moses was not necessarily the best communicator. So God Mm -hmm. still equipped him with Aaron. I love that. So Mm -hmm. God's going to equip you. Mm -hmm. Through all of these things, through all of these fights. And when you have God in your life, armies of the enemy are going to fall at his feet. Mm -hmm. But it takes courage on all of our ends. It takes a mighty faith. And that is something that we are all capable of doing. That's something you're capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And when you realize the magnitude of the power of the kingdom, you can look fear straight in the face and say, no. Hmm. Not me. I'm a child of the living God whom all shall fall before. You can't touch me because there is a mission and I have a mighty God in front of me.
1: Amen. Amen, Brian. That's super, super solid and encouraging. Thank you.
0: (laughs) When you realize that you have God behind your back, which which we do for his children, we can stare fear straight in the eyes. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it was like
0: we're made in his image.
2: Right. So what I want to do right now is uh, that little blurb that i read about how to protect yourself against a bear i want to read that just one more time but this time i'm going to change it up just a little bit
0: oh great this (laughs) is (laughs)
2: the google interpretation yeah (laughs) Yeah. so there we go so act aggressively look the fear straight in the eyes and let it know you will fight if attacked (laughs) shout Make yourself as big as possible. Stamp your feet. Take a step or two toward the fear. Threaten the fear with whatever you have handy. Hmm. The more the fear persists, the more aggressive your response should be. Hmm. If the fear attacks, use your deterrent and fight for your life. Kick, punch, hit The fear with whatever weapon possible, like the word of God. Mm. Concentrate your attack on where the fear is most vulnerable and fight any fear that attacks you in your building or your tent. Listeners, from day one, God made you his mission, and it's time for you to make him yours. Own your fear and fight.
0: That's like when you are dealing with a doubt, you have a fear, you have some lingering thought in your mind you combat it with the truth right like with right. the way you talked about those elements of staring in the face going after it being aggressive it's just a, mm-hmm. it's that battle of like I'm gonna speak truth here
2: yeah like what absolutely. I'm what
0: I'm thinking does it line up with scripture and if it doesn't I combat that with this is what God's word says about yeah. me yeah so therefore that's not true it's a powerful
1: powerful weapon When you think about fear, it's really crazy how far-reaching it is. I mean, you know, literally fear affects, I think, every human's life on a daily basis, kind of like you alluded to earlier, David. And there's just always something to fear, Mm -hmm. always. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting to look at the things people fear the most. (laughs) And so I looked at the top 10 list and... This is actually 2018 was the most recent I could find Um, in the the Chapman University survey. Say what?
0: I was like, we're bears on the
1: list. (laughs) Actually, no, surprisingly, I was very shocked by this list. So I'm going to go from the bottom one up to the top, like number one will be the last one, I say. So the first one was high medical bills. Yikes. Hmm. Then global warming, extinction of plants and animals. Shoot. Air pollution. There's a lot of pollution. (laughs) People were really afraid of that. People I love dying, which is very fair. People I love becoming seriously ill, similar. Not having enough money for the future. Uh. For sure, scary. Pollution of drinking water. Pollution of oceans, rivers, and lakes. And that's number nine. So what do you think number 10 is? The very most scary.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. So this was like... Pollution of the rivers and lakes was the second time. These were
1: all separate. You know, pollution of water, pollution of ocean, pollution of rivers and lakes. I don't know. Um, People were very afraid of that. The, la- the very first thing that people were, were afraid of in 2018 was corruption of government officials. Oh. <laughs> you know, not death. Uh, I see. <laughs> wow. There is something worse than death. Or public <laughs> you know, speaking used you know, to be I always can, on the list. It's kind can, of
0: unfortunate because that's kind of been going on, corruption of <laughs> government of always officials. Gonna be. <laughs>
2: yeah, I can die, but
1: please,
2: anything but that.
1: <laughs> Make sure my <laughs> officials are honest. So, I just thought that was really interesting because to me, it kind of kind of shows you how much we really are worried and concerned about our, our creature comforts, you know, like mm-hmm. actually just our daily, you know, being able to live how we want to. But um, obviously, you know, people we care about as well. But uh, it's been said that you can find the idols in your life actually by examining what you most fear. Yeah, that's Mm. a good point. And I think that's really true. I I know for me, you know, one of the biggest fears that I struggle with on a daily basis is the fear of man. Like you were talking about earlier and Proverbs tells me that brings a trap and it does. It does every time Mm -hmm. I've seen that in my life, but you know, I think it's interesting on that list of things we fear, you know, Nowhere on that list is higher power or is God. God, the the only true God. Um, and he's hmm. the only thing that we're ever supposed to fear. Only thing that the Bible ever tells us to fear is God. And we have verses like Acts 9, 31, Luke 12, 5, Philippians 2, 12 and 13, Isaiah 66, 2, that tell us that. But then I think, and we kind of touched on that earlier, but... I think what might be confusing then to us is that after we see all this about fearing God, first John four eighteen talks about the fact that there's no fear in love. And mm-hmm. perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and he who fears is not perfected in love. David did really a really good job really going into the motivation of why that punishment side of fear isn't enough. And I think that's what this verse is going for is saying Mm -hmm. there's a higher goal than fear is actually love. Mm -hmm. Um, But my good friend, George MacDonald, I don't know if any of you have ever read any George MacDonald, but he was contemporaries of C.S. Lewis, a little lesser known, but Hmm. also really solid. He wrote the story that I did for my undergrad one-woman show.
0: Oh, yeah. You want mm-hmm. to tell us so, the name of that one, Becca? Oh,
1: yeah. The Light Princess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> People are scrambling What's now to find times? bootleg copies yeah. of that.
1: <laughs> it was a comedy, but um, a lot of allegory. Actually, the point of yeah. it was like love. And it's a cool story, but yeah. I love George McDonald. Like good. Yeah, but, um, but he talks about that idea that just driving out fear isn't the only problem because sometimes then we just replace it with something else, some other impulse. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the only antidote for fear is perfect love and nothing less than the perfect love of God towards man and then love of man towards God can ever really stop fear. So just taking me for example and my fear of people, you know, if I want to stop that, fearing what they think of me or what they'll do to me, or if they'll, you know, love me the way I want to be loved, well, I have to believe how perfect God's love is for me and that people won't ever love me that way. Hmm. I mean, it's only God. And then really the more I fall in love with that God and and Jesus every day, the less I fear anything. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm literally not even thinking of myself when I'm in in that zone. Mm -hmm. And we talked about, you know, the right kind of fear being, you know, awe and worship and causing me to look at how big God is and then how small I am by comparison. But research even backs that up. Mm -hmm. There's a New York Times article that was called, Why Do We Experience Awe and It tells us actually that when humans experience awe, we become less individualistic, less self-focused, less materialistic, and more connected to the people around us. So there's literally a physiological response in marveling at something bigger than us. We become more able to reach out to others. I remember that when I was a camp counselor. That was one of the things we used to strip down walls for kids was just say, hey, the reason we actually play games and you're on a team, you're on this big like team, is it's you're part of a cause bigger than yourself. Yeah. And it's good for you to not just think about you and be for and into something else. True. And that's really what you were saying too, Brian, is look at the team we're on and look at the side we're on, the winning side, and we have victory already over this fear and over whatever it is yeah. that's in our life. The problem is I don't always love God well. <laughs> mm. Mm. And uh, so then I fear. And this is where God's grace comes in because really when I start falling away from the love of God, there's a work of grace that God uses which is a healthy fear and awe for him Mm -hmm. to draw me back towards his love. So he uses the fear to get us back to his love. So again, it's just the right kind of fear of God really does dispel the wrong kind of fear in my life. Hmm. And it just all comes back to the awesome, perfect love of God that's just unmatched.
0: Yeah, Becca, one of the thoughts that, I realized as you were speaking about this was so many people are looking for that love and acceptance in other people. Mm-hmm. And we don't really realize that those people are never going to love us the same way God loves us. Mm-hmm. But once we truly grasp that, that love, we have it in our heavenly father. He has chosen us. He's, he's accepted us in the beloved. We have it in him. We do develop our love for him deeper. Mm-hmm. And then we don't, we aren't driven by that fear from other people.
1: Right, right. We're driven by the love instead of the fear. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's where motivation has to come in. But it's cool how it just comes full circle all the time, always, yeah. you know?
0: So true. Thanks again for listening to the Docs of Dialogue. If you enjoy the Docs of Dialogue, please do share our podcast. Tell your friends at work. Maybe share it with a family member. Give us a rating. Give us a review that also helps us get the word out. And if you have a topic you'd like to discuss, please let us know as well. We have a, we have a great season in store. And we would love to also, final thing, is just hear from you as far as feedback. You know, are you struggling with fear? Has this has this been a help at all? Is there something that we said here that you'd like a little further clarification on? Mm -hmm. And you can bear survival tips
1: (laughs) that we didn't cover. We're still taking baby names as well, me and Ben. So we we need help on that, listeners.
0: And if someone could find a video of Rebecca's one woman show, (laughs) the lighthouse, and throw that up on YouTube, we'd also appreciate that. So do your work out there, people on the internet. We appreciate it. (laughs) but thanks for listening we'll do it again next week you are loved